Thank you for singing so well. And if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open to 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter number 4. And uh, we're going to continue our series that we started two weeks ago of staying faithful. And we're studying the verses here in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6, verse 7, and verse 8. And as I said two weeks ago, we're going to go one verse at a time, and you would think that would make the messages short, uh, but it doesn't always do that. So we're going to be looking at verse number seven, uh, but just to refresh your memory, in verse number six, we, we talked about if you're going to stay faithful, you're going to have to look inward. And, uh, and Paul was writing to Timothy, and he's saying, you've got to see what you're pouring your life into, and what are you anchored to in life. And if you're pouring your life into what... Christ has called you to do and to God's kingdom, then you're going to stay faithful. He said, if you're, if you're going to anchor your life in things that are eternal, then you're going to stay faithful. And that's something that each and every one of us has to look inward in our own life to say, is that what I'm doing? Is that decision the decision I'm making? But when you get to verse number seven, Paul changes and he starts looking backward. He starts looking backwards. So notice what he, what he writes. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse number 7. He writes, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Now let me just say as we begin this morning that it is the duty of every Christian to be found faithful. It is the duty of every Christian to be found faithful. They don't need to be famous. They don't need to be rich. They don't need to be successful. They don't need to be recognized. They don't need to be loved. They don't need to be popular. They just need to be faithful. In fact, Paul wrote to the Christians in Corinth and said, a good steward is one that is found faithful. It's just the duty of every Christian to be faithful. So let me ask as we get started, are you being faithful? As you look backward in your life, could you say, I'm being faithful, I'm living faithfully? Um, I have found this, and I'm only 38 years old, but in the 38 years that I've been on the earth, I have found that people that impact their world are people that are faithful. And I'm not just talking about in the Christian realm and in the Christian life. I'm talking about just life in general. People that we admire usually throughout history have been people that just stuck with it. I think of a, of a man who was our 16th president, Abraham Lincoln. I just finished a book on him, and um, it's amazing how much criticism he took. It's amazing how much pressure was laid on him as he was trying to lead a nation that was really fighting to stay together. There was half of the nation that was looking to secede and, and break up and no longer be the United States. And, and here's this man, Abraham Lincoln, that's getting criticized by both sides, by the way. He was getting criticized by fellow Republicans. He was getting criticized by Democrats. He was, he was getting just, uh, just uh, criticized by everyone. And yet, in the years that he was in office, he was faithful, just doing his duty. I think of a man like Winston Churchill. It's been, what, 70 years or so since World War II and when the whole world literally was in chaos and his own country being bombarded by Germany daily. You find if you just 
examine what he did in office at that time. It was merely just be faithful. In fact, he challenged the, the uh, Britain Islands there. He challenged the people of England, just be faithful. We're going to get through this. We can do this. We're going to win this war, but you're just going to have to endure. You're just going to have to stay faithful. I think of someone like Mother Teresa in India, working with the poor and working with those that were really had nothing to offer her. And year after year, day after day, month after month, there she was just serving them, serving them, serving them. Not the most intelligent woman, not the most de- uh, talented woman, just someone that was faithful. I think about Bible characters, people like Moses. Moses had a speech impediment. He couldn't really speak very well. If you asked him, come speak in front of the crowd, he was like, I can't do that. He told God, God, I don't even think you can use me. God said, no, I, I want you to go and lead the, my people, the people of Israel, out of Egypt. I want you to do it. He said, I, I can't do it. Finally, God sent his brother Aaron to go with him because he said, I just cannot do it. And yet, we think of Moses. And all that he did, the miracles of the ten plagues and the leading of the people out of Egypt, just because he stayed faithful. Not the most talented, not the most gifted. He's just faithful. Look at a little shepherd boy by the name of David. Just faithful. Just a guy that every day was going to go and watch some sheep. Just a guy that when his dad said, take your brother some food, went and took his brother some food. Just a guy that when he was leaving... He left the sheep with somebody who wasn't irresponsible, just being faithful. But they changed our world. They've impacted our world. And can I say that God wants to use you and me to impact our world too? Do you know the God that was the God of Moses and David is still our God today? Do you know that God still wants to change our world? God's still looking for, for someone to kind of Get this ship going in the right direction. But to do that, he needs people that are faithful. He needs people that are going to stay the course. Now, just a few weeks ago, on January 6th of, of 2022, Victory, uh, I think Victoria is her name, Victoria Milko wrote this article. And the title of the article is, How Do I Know If I Have COVID-19? Or the flu, or just a cold. And throughout the article, she kind of talks a little bit about uh, the different uh, differences and similarities that they all three have, and, and even the similarities of the flu. And, and here's the conclusion, and I know it's not a very deep conclusion. Uh, everyone's going to go like, really? You wrote an article just to say that? But basically, her conclusion is this. Go get tested. <laughs> then you can know. Not very difficult, not very deep, but that's basically what the article says. And, and I was thinking about that as I was thinking about this message. And I thought, how do we test if we've been faithful? Because usually, that's what we want to know. Are we? How do I know if I'm being faithful? Paul, as he's writing to Timothy here in this last letter that he'll ever write, he's telling Timothy, here, here's how you're going to know if you're going to be faithful. One is looking inward, but another is looking backward. Another one is, is, is just seeing and testing yourself. Does this describe you? Is this who you are in your faithfulness? So this morning, I want to I share the three tests that Paul shared with Timothy. 
I want us to look at it and examine it and see what exactly Paul was trying to tell Timothy about being faithful, about staying faithful, staying in the race, staying in a, a consistent walk with God. Now, all, all three of these phrases in verse number seven, where he says, I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith, they're all tied together because all the verb tenses there in Greek are in the perfect tense. Now, if you're not familiar with the grammar of, of Greek in, in the perfect tense, what it is, is it's very specific language. The old Greek, the Koine Greek, which the New Testament was written in. And a perfect tense is when you use a word to describe an action that you did that has lasting results or ongoing results, right? Um, so, for instance, in this case, he says, I have fought a good fight. That's past tense, right? That's something that he decided back then. But the results of that are continuing into the present. That's what it means. So I decided this, I fought a good fight, but the idea is, but I'm also fighting today, that same fight. It's not a decision I made back then, and that's where it ended. There's actually a tense for that in, uh, in Greek. It's called the imperfect tense. It's when that action that was made in the past the results stayed in the past. Uh, there's an example of this in the, in the scriptures. Uh, you remember when Jesus died, they, they put him in the tomb. And then the Bible says that the tomb was hewn out of rock, right? And so that tense was saying they did that. They, they cut out the tomb and that was the result. And that's where the result stayed, right? It wasn't continued. They weren't still uh, hitting out the tomb and, and, and hitting on the rock. They did that once. They made the, 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 the graveside there. And it's there, and it's, that's where it ended. The perfect tense says, I did this action, I fought a good fight, and I'm still fighting the good fight. When he says, I finished my course, it means I made a decision, I did that, but I'm still running. When he says, I kept the faith, he's saying, I, I made a decision back then, but I'm still keeping the faith at the same time. So all three of these are in that same tense. It's all a decision I made back in my past, that is continuing to happen even today. And that's what faithfulness is all about. Faithfulness is all about what I've done and I'm doing. That's the whole idea of faithfulness. The whole idea is not something that you accomplished a long time ago. It's something you decided a long time ago that you're still doing today. So Paul is telling Timothy here, let me, let, let me just give you a few tests that you can know, Timothy, that you're going to make it to the end. Just, just, I'm going to share with you three quick phrases on how you can know and test yourself. Are you staying faithful? I want you to notice the first thing there in your notes is this, and that is a commitment to Christ. When Paul says, I fought a good fight, he's talking about a decision that he made. Now, the phrase here, this first phrase is debated by scholars. Some think that he's talking about a military action. Others think he's talking about an athletic event, all right? Either way you want to take it. If you want to say that he's talking about a, a soldier being a soldier fighting, great. If you think he's talking about a runner that's running the race, great. Either way, if you're going to be a soldier or you're going to be a runner, it takes commitment. And that's what Paul is saying. You know what? If you're going to stay faithful, Timothy, it's going to require commitment on your part. Now, how many of us understand and know and realize today that if we're going to follow Christ faithfully, it's because we made a decision sometime in our life. 
You made a decision to accept Jesus as your Savior, to forgive you of your sins, to be a follower of Jesus Christ. There, there was a commitment that was made. But that commitment needs to continue up to the present day. Faithfulness is all about that. And Paul is telling Timothy, listen, Timothy, understand if you're going to stay faithful, it's a commitment to Christ. And this begins with a decision. It begins with a decision. You see, whenever someone is confronted with the truth of who Jesus is, there's a decision to be made. You think about it in your life, when someone shared with you that you're a sinner, that the fact that you lie, cheat, and steal, and that's just kind of who we are as people, that there's consequences for that. When someone shared with you the first time to tell you, you know, because of your sin, the Bible says there's a penalty for that. And it's a place that we don't like to talk about, but it's a real place, and it's a place that burns with fire day and night, the Bible says. It's a place that we call hell, a place where you are separated from God for all of eternity. But the good news is that we don't have to go there. The good news is that Jesus paid the price for you and for me. He died on the cross to pay for your sins, so you and I don't have to go to hell but so that we can have life eternal. Now you think about that. When you were confronted with that truth, there was a decision that needed to be made. The decision was, am I going to put my faith in Jesus or not? Do I ask him to forgive me of my sins and be my savior or do I not? It begins with a decision. And Paul said, listen, Timothy, you're going to stay faithful. You got to commit to Christ. You got to decide now. I love what uh, John Holcomb, I don't know if I put this in your notes or not, but he said this. He said, you must get involved to have an impact. No one is impressed with the win-loss record of the referee. Right? I mean, get in the game. Commitment's all about saying, listen, either put on this uniform or put on that uniform, but let's get in the game. Let's play. Let's start. Let's commit to something. And Paul says to Timothy, as I look back on my life, Timothy, let me tell you something. I've stayed faithful. I fought the fight that I fought because I made a decision back then, Tim. And if you're going to get to where I'm at, Timothy, I'm telling you right now, you need to commit. Make a decision. Don't be wondering if this is what I should do or not. No, no, no. Get all in. I, I love when Paul was, whenever he was sharing his testimony, what God did about the decisions in his life. It was amazing. If you go to Acts 26, and I put this in your notes, Acts chapter 26, Paul is talking to King Agrippa. This is a man. Paul is in prison here, right? He's in chains, and King Agrippa can actually probably free him and, and try to do something and, and, and speak on his behalf. And, and Paul's saying, listen, I just want an audience to tell you, King, why they arrested me, why I'm here in these chains and in these bonds. And, and he begins to tell King Agrippa, about what happened in his life and how God came into his life. He he starts telling him about one time when he was on the road to Damascus and he was going to persecute Christians. And then the living Savior appeared to him as a bright light. And he says, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And Saul said, "Uh, who art thou? Who's talking to me? He said, I'm Jesus, whom thou persecuted. And right there, Paul was confronted and had to make a decision and And he makes his decision, and I love what he says. Look at him in verse 15, there in your notes. 
And I said, this is Paul, who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. But rise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness both of these things which thou hast seen and of those things in the which I will appear unto thee, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee, to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive the forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. And notice what Paul says. Whereupon, when he got that message, he had to make a decision. He said, whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision. He said, I made a decision there. And let me tell you something. He told King Agrippa that story. I guarantee you he told Timothy that story many times. And said, Timothy, I made a decision there. I'm not going to be disobedient to the vision God's given me. To the calling that he has called me to. And can I say to you this morning, as a follower and disciple of Jesus Christ, you have committed yourself to something. To someone. And if you're going to stay faithful, it can't just be a decision that you made back then that you're not making now. I have fought a good fight in the perfect tense. I made that decision, but I'm fighting still today. Paul was facing maybe the last few weeks of his life. He knew he was going to be a martyr. He had already said, I'm ready to be offered up. I'm already ready to be poured out like a drink. But he said, until then, I'm going to just keep fighting the fight. He said, Timothy you got to make a decision. It begins with a decision, but then it continues by deciding daily. Daily. You see, the second implication of this decision is that Paul was going to do this daily. It was not a one-and-done decision. It was one that he was going to have to make day after day after day after day. It's not going to be days off. There wasn't going to be vacation time from it. There wasn't going to be a way to avoid all of this. You see, commitment requires you and me to make a decision to follow Jesus every day. Jesus told his disciples this. Look in your notes there. Luke chapter 9, verse 23. Jesus is talking to those that were following him. He's talking about this of commitment. And look what he says. He said to them all, If any man will come after me, if any man is going to follow me, let him deny himself and take up his cross Daily. Let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. Simply saying this morning, Paul's telling Timothy, listen, you want to stay faithful? I want you to stay faithful, but let me tell you how you're going to test yourself in that. By the commitment in your life. You know, this this morning, I have to ask myself, upon reading this and, and understanding and thinking about this, what am I committed to? What are you committed to? Who are you committed to? Listen, I, I love hearing the past of, of what people have done in their life, but I just wonder sometimes, are they still doing it? I said this two weeks ago, and I'll say it again. I love the fact that there are those that are in retirement saying, but I still want to serve. Yeah, I made that decision when I was young, and I was faithful at church, and I was, I was trying to get involved and do all I could. But you know what? Now that I'm in my 60s and my 70s and my 80s, I want to keep serving. I fought a good fight, and I'm still fighting that fight because I'm committed. 
And can I tell you, temptation is just as big when you're 75 as it is when you're 25. I wish I could say you get older, it gets easier, but every person I've talked to that's older tells me it don't get easier. In fact, sometimes it gets harder. You know, I, I found that you talk to a teenager and, 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 and when you're talking about sacrifice, they're, they're talking about me sacrificing a Coke a week or they're trying to, uh, talking about some small sacrifice. But when you get older, sacrifices become bigger, don't they? Suddenly it's a job that I might have to leave. That's not an easy sacrifice. That's not an easy decision. But the commitment's big. I have members in our church that left a six-figure job to just stay in the valley and stay connected to church and family. It's called commitment. It's a decision that's made, but a decision that gets to be continually made. I have fought a good fight that I'm still fighting, Tim. You want to stay faithful? You're going to make it to the end? Commit. Number two, I want you to notice this. You've got to complete the race. He said, man, I have finished my course. Yeah, I, I started to run, and I'm still running. That's what it means to complete the race. The Greek word is the Greek word teleo, which means to conclude or to execute completely. Can I say that faithfulness includes how we finish? It's not how we start, but it's how you finish. Some of us on the get-go might stumble. But don't worry, faithfulness is not, did you go perfectly in your run? You might stumble, and that's okay. It's how you're going to finish, though. Faithfulness is all about how you finish in life. Paul, a much older man, is telling Timothy, Tim, I'm, I got here because I was committed, but also because I decided to complete the race, because I've been running. I started running, and I'm still running. What does this mean? It means to do all that we can do. Paul was reminding Timothy, listen, man, I've done all that I can for the cause. I haven't gone just halfway. On other occasions, like in Philippians, as he was writing the church of Philippi, Paul began to share with them a little bit what he'd been through. Been in prisons. I've been beaten. I've been left for dead. I've been in times of starvation and hungry. I've been in shipwrecks. There's been time where I've had a lot of blessing in my life, and there's been times where I feel like I have no blessings in my life. And I just learned I got to stick with it because I'm running a race. Yeah, I started running. I ran. I have finished the course, but that means I'm still running now. It's something I decided back then that I'm still doing now. It's doing all that I can to the best of my abilities. Not just going halfway. Let me, let me ask you something. Are you doing all you can to serve Christ? I mean, I could ask it this way. What have you sacrificed in your service? Or has serving Christ been something of a convenience for us? Has being involved in church been something, well, if it's on this day between this hour and this hour, then count me in. If not, I don't know. Paul told Timothy, you, you go that way, you ain't going to finish. Demas was kind of like that. 
That's why he came to a point where he began to love this present world and he left. Paul said, finishing the course, it means doing all I can do, everything, my all. I love what he writes to the people in Rome, Romans 15, 19, I put in your notes, through mighty signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and round about under Illyricum, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. That's what Paul said. I gave it all. I've done it. I, I, everything I've got, I've given. That's why he can write to Timothy in the perfect tense, I have finished my course. But completing the race isn't just doing all that I can do, but it's also when we have no more we can do. So one is the attitude and the effort I'm putting in. The second is the opportunities that are there. Paul says, I've gone as far and I'm doing as much as I could. He said, when the Holy Spirit said, hey, you can, you can go up to what today is modern Yugoslavia, you can go up and give the gospel, Paul said, I'm there. When the Holy Spirit said, hey, go to Corinth and, and help the church there, Paul said, I'm there. Okay, can you go to Athens and Macedonia? Yeah, I'm there. I mean, anywhere the Spirit was going and leading them to have some opportunities, some open doors, Paul said, I'm walking through all of them. And listen, that didn't happen all the time. There was a time in Paul's life where he wanted to go further east and the Holy Spirit said, no, you're not going that way. And that's when he had the Macedonian vision and God said, no, that's where I want you to go. And Paul said, okay. Any opportunity that I have that I can do, that's what I'm going to do. See, completing the race requires us to ask, what else can I be doing? What more can I be doing? Yeah, I'm here, and I'm committed, and I'm giving it everything I've got. I, I've got the 100%, 110% attitude of I'm giving it all I've got. But what more can I do? What other opportunities are there? What other open doors am I maybe missing? I was listening to um, an audio book earlier this week, and, uh, and the, uh, the author was was saying there was a, a joke that he heard about a guy that said, man, I always give 110% to my, to my job. He said, I give 50% on Monday, 30% on Tuesday, 20% on Wednesday, and 5% the rest of the day. I thought about that, and I thought, you know, we laugh, but sometimes I feel like that's how we take our Christianity. That's our faithfulness. Giving 110. Oh, I'm giving 110. That's great. How much are you doing that you could be doing? Are you going through the open doors that God's opening? Because that's what Paul is saying when he says, I have finished my course. Completing the race is that. Paul, at this point, he's in chains. You know, Right before he finds himself in this situation, he was talking to different church leaders and different church members. You know what Paul said to them? You can read it in Acts chapter 20. It's there in, in your notes. 
This was Paul talking to different leaders and church members, knowing that his doors were about to close and opportunities were not going to be as much. But here's what he said. He said, I have showed you all things, how that so laboring ye ought to support the weak and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And when he had thus spoken, he kneeled down and he prayed with them all. And they all wept sore. They fell on Paul's neck and kissed him, sorrowing most of all for the words which he spake, that they should see his face no more. And they accompanied him unto the ship. Paul said, I, I got one more door I got to walk through. He said, ah, Paul, don't go that way. A prophet came and said, hey, who's, whoever's wearing this coat, just know that you have sufferings waiting for you. And everybody said, that's Paul's coat. And Paul said, yeah, I'm going to put it on. Because there's a door I got to walk through. There's a race to finish. Faithfulness is not only about how you start and the commitment that you made, it's how you finish. Paul said, ask yourself this test question. Timothy, are you completing the race? Because I can tell you, as I look backward, I fought a good fight, and I have finished the course. I want you to notice the last test this morning, and that is the test of Christian character. Paul writes, I have kept the faith. This phrase has the idea of a servant who has been given a task and has completed every aspect of the task down to the exact way it should be done. Something that is guarded, something that I'm secure in doing. You see, Paul had guarded what he received from God and he didn't let it go. There was false teachers accusing him and trying to, and trying to bring false doctrine into the church and Paul said, no, 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 no. And he would stand against false doctrine. He wrote the letter of Galatians to, to make sure people weren't getting the wrong kind of teaching there in Galatia. He wrote Romans to give everyone a, a good foundation of doctrinal truth about what salvation is and the Christian life is all about and how to love one another and be with one another and treat one another. Paul was constantly writing letters to say, hey, we've got to guard the truth of the gospel. It's too precious. Don't let it be diluted into something that it's not. And sometimes the gospel confronts us with truths we don't want to hear. He said, but we got to guard it. Make sure it stays the truth of the gospel. When he talks about this, he talks about our character and how we're taking and guarding what God has given us. We see this and the fact that we are not to be careless about our charge. Both 1 Timothy, the letter that he first wrote to Timothy, and this second one, were all about, Timothy, don't forget the charge God gave you. Timothy, don't, be, don't forget what God has called you to. You see, Paul was 24-7 ministry. He was all about Christ. He was all about the gospel all the time. He just had decided that's what I want to do. He wanted to do ministry every day. You know, part of what he had to do was making tents. And in making tents, he met other people and would share with them the gospel. That's why I say you go to work tomorrow. Listen, just because you're at work and not at church doesn't mean you stop being a Christian. Even in tent making, you can reach others. 
That's what it means to keep the faith. To guard it, to protect it. Not to dilute it, but to share it with others. Being careful about the charge that was given to us. The mission that we're on. To do it every day. This is a great challenge for us today. A challenge for us to live out. Someone has said this, and maybe you've heard it. The measure of a person is what it takes to stop them. And so I think about keeping the faith and guarding. Listen, what does it take to stop you from keeping that faith? Paul said to Timothy, understand, as I look backward in my life, Timothy, you, you wonder, how could you stay faithful through all of that? Hey, 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 Paul, how was it that through imprisonments and, and starvations and shipwrecks and all that happened to you, how could you still keep serving God? And he said, because I have fought a good fight and I have finished my course and I'm keeping the faith. And Timothy, if you can just do that in your life, you're going to stay faithful. He told the church at Philippi, for to me to live is Christ, to die is gain. That's who I am. It's 24-7. That's a character issue. How serious you take the calling of God in your life? I don't know. But it is a measure of our character. And then I want to end with this there in your notes, and that's that this character includes not only our, our charge that we've been given, but that we must study in depth what God says. You can't guard a faith you know nothing about. You can't be one that says, I, I'm going to keep the faith. And when someone says, what is that faith? And you say, I don't know. Going to church. It's got to be more than that. It can't be a faith that when COVID comes suddenly, I don't know if God is really even there and cares about me. That's, that's not faith. That's not keeping the faith. Paul said, even when I was in prison, and I'm in prison right now, Tim, I'm keeping the faith. I'm not doubting it. I'm not trying to change it and say, hey, let me, let me see how this is more palatable to everybody and everything. No. Paul said, this, this, this is it. This is, this is staying faithful. That third test is what are you guarding? What are you studying? Are you getting deep into God's word? Listen, you can't survive off of just somebody else's cooking once a week. At some point on Monday, you're going to have to jump in and say, what does God want to teach me? Buy a study Bible. You can buy a study Bible today for 20 bucks. That's less than what it costs for you to eat at McDonald's with your family. You can just get one and start seeing some principles there in God's Word. These study Bibles help you to, to see and understand some things that are really hard to understand. But you're saying, I want to get in depth. You know, I, I have found this to be true. When I'm in love, I want to know everything I've, about that person. When I fell in love with my wife, Rochelle, I wasn't content with just talking to her once a week. And it wasn't enough just to know what her shirt size was and her pants size. No, no, I want to know about you. I want to know about your background, where you came from, 
What are your experiences? What are your feelings? What are your thoughts on this and that? What do you like to do? Where do you want to go? What do you want to do in life? I mean, it was all about, I really want to know you. You want to stay faithful to God? Keep the faith? Well, then you got to know Him. And let me tell you something. It ain't going to happen from one week to the next. You know what I did this week? I read my Bible. I was in Chronicles. By the way, the books of like 1 Samuel all the way to 2 Chronicles, my favorite in the Bible. So much political intrigue and just life. It's like you're watching, you know, a movie when you're reading those. And I've read them many times. I can tell you about King Joash. Became king at seven years old. Had a priest named jo Jehoiada. It's a good man. Protected his life. Saved Joash's life. And the Bible says that all the days of Jehoiada, Joash was faithful. But then he died. Jehoiada wasn't there anymore. And because Joash didn't get himself deep into the scriptures, like Jehoiada the priest was, he started making wrong decisions. And he lost his kingdom. And he didn't die very happy. And he didn't finish a great purpose. He's a king that probably most of this room doesn't even know. But you got to get in. There's so much there. There's so much. I mean, good night. I've gone for like 35 minutes already on one verse. There's so much in here, I'm telling you but it's going to require us to jump in, to jump in. He told Timothy in the same letter, chapter 2, verse 15, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Keeping the faith is an individual charge here. There's just no getting around it. There's no getting around it. I wish there were. I wish there was an easy way. But there's no shortcuts in this. 1980, Boston Marathon is pretty famous because this young lady won the marathon, but she won in unbelievable fashion. She broke every record, and she didn't just break every record. She shattered every record that the Boston Marathon had. In fact, it was by so much that she won by that people got suspicious. And they began to trace how she ran that race. And you know what they found? Is that she started at the beginning with everyone. And at the most convenient place, she went to the nearest subway. Got on a subway cart and went for 16 miles got off the subway, got back onto the route for the marathon and crossed the finish line first. But when it was discovered that she cheated, they took away the trophy and it didn't matter. You know, I think about that and I think about us in our life of being faithful as Christians. 
Listen, you got to jump in. Keeping the faith is jumping in into the riches and the depths of God's word and saying that's for me. Because I can tell you this, it wasn't just written to Jeremy. It was written to Jason. It's written to Adis. It's written to Hoseas and Oscar. It's written to everybody in this room. Something that God himself wants you to know. You're going to stay faithful, Paul said to Timothy. Three tests that I can tell you that I've had to pass in my life. Fighting a good fight, which is a commitment to Christ. Finishing my course, that's completing the race. And keeping the faith, that's jumping all in. That's the character that you have as a Christian and as a person. You can pass those three tests. You're going to be faithful. So this morning, you've got to ask yourself, are you committed? Asking yourself, are you giving all? Is there more that you can do? Are you giving it everything you've got? Ask yourself, how important is this anyway? How important is it to keep the faith? Because if it ain't important, you're not staying faithful. Simple. Simple what Paul said. Difficult to live sometimes. But 2022, church, you can do it. I can do it. Better said, we can do it. We can stay faithful. We can commit. Listen, if you're not making a decision today, you can look back and look at a decision you have made already and say, I need to make that decision again today. Like I did that in 2021, but you know what? It's 2022 now. I got to make that decision again. I got to commit. I got to make the decision that I got to finish this thing. I got to finish the course. I got to make a decision. I got to keep the faith got to because that's how we impact our world that's the only way that there's any hope for mission that's the only way there's any hope for your family let me tell you it's the only way there's hope for you I'm about to start a book soon here on the secret of joy somebody gave me this book on the key to happiness or or something like that in the title but I just think listen I want to be happy. In the Christian life, happiness is found in faithfulness. God didn't call you to be famous or popular, talented, rich, successful. If you are all those things, praise God. But he's not asking you to be those things. He's just asking us to be faithful. Let's do that this day. Let's do that this week. Let's do that this year. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. I thank you for the truth of what Paul wrote to Timothy. Man, fighting the good fight, finishing the course and keeping the faith. Oh, Father, if we could just do that, what a difference it would make in this world. Oh, my, we might think that it might not change Houston. 
Dallas or Washington, D.C. But Father, if it just changes our family, if it just changes my life, it would be so worth it. We can't always stop everything that's happening everywhere else, Father. And it's true, we're not many. But Father, you're a God that uses the few. used 300 that said that's me and you were able to free a nation Father that's what we need that's what our valley needs and so Father I I pray today help us to stay faithful help us to look backward and say I remember that decision long ago but I need to make it again Help us to live in that perfect tense. Making decisions and making them over and over and over and over again. Because we need it. I'll let the piano just play for a couple minutes. Just take a moment to talk with God. I don't know what he's challenged you to do in staying faithful. But talk to him about it. journey of the Christian life I pray that you would help each and every one of us to stay faithful help us to be able to look back in our lives as we share with our children and our grandchildren as we share with our neighbors and our friends and co-workers we might share as the Apostle Paul shared fought a good fight and I'm still fighting I finished the course and I'm still running I've kept the faith and I'm still all in help us to do that and live that way I ask this in Jesus precious name Amen